0: Hey, good morning, everybody. Scott Luton here with you on Supply Chain Now. Welcome to today's show. Hey, today we're finally interviewing a big friend of the show. We're going to be talking talking about the latest developments in areas like last mile delivery, drones, and yes, even blockchain. Stay tuned for an intriguing and informative conversation. So with that said, y'all buckle up on introduce our guest here today. He's been described as a daydreamer, a creator, a startup starter. Also an influencer, an amplifier, and one of my favorites, a culinary passionista. Most importantly, though, he's an innovative entrepreneur with his successful history of working in supply chain, especially in the trucking industry. So join me in welcoming Mario Pavlovsky, CEO of iTrucker. Mario, how you doing? I'm good. How are you, Scott? Doing wonderful. It is so neat to finally be able to meet you in the 2021 version, I guess, or maybe 2020 version of in-person it's been a long time coming
1: yep uh, i mean uh, when you said in person yeah it kind of sounds uh, like a 2021 and 2020 in person over the zoom
0: right <laughs> well i look forward as i'm sure you do of getting out in person maybe uh, uh next year and and breaking bread together right for sure for sure. Uh, i mean uh, i would be more than happy to do that you know and
1: we're not actually not living far from each other you in atlanta i believe right, right? that's right I'm in uh, Sebastian, Florida, which is uh, it's a uh, few hundred miles still, but not that far.
0: <laughs> well, we'll make it happen. Maybe we'll do it a stuck, at a Stucky's uh, truck stop. Who knows? But great to well, have you here today. Uh, I'm looking forward to diving into um, a, a wide range of topics. And uh, what we want to start, though, we want to start with uh, getting to know you a little bit better. So tell us where you grew up and, and give us some anecdotes about that uh, upbringing, Mario. <laughs>
1: All right. So, well, um, I grew up, obviously, I was born in uh, Poland. Uh, I grew up there. Uh, But uh, mm, since I was a teen, mm, I was hungry, you know, to see the, you know, the world, you know, Mm -hmm. especially Western world, you know, because... uh, when I was a kid, when I grew up, there was still communism in Poland. So we basically, you know, we're prohibited, you know, to learn English. We're prohibited, you know, to go abroad, you know, unless you was going to Russia or wow. Ukraine or countries like this, uh, the Eastern Black countries, right? But in 1989, uh, I was uh, 1989, I was about 14 at this time when the communists collapsed because of the leg Bawensa. He started the whole movement and the uh, borders open. And, mm. and when I was 17, uh, I moved to Belgium okay. for a few, t- uh, few months. Let's uh, start learning French a little bit. because Belgium, you know,
0: uh, you still speak uh,
1: French? Not really, but I have French partners and I'm actually about to start learning again. I, I, I know some words. I remember some things, but I was 17. I'm 47 now. So that was <laughs> 30 years ago. So it's kind of long time. So basically, uh, we were going, uh, I was going to, you know, all over the Western Europe, you know, Germany, France. Uh, like, uh, as I mentioned before, uh, I was uh, living in Belgium uh, for some time, came back to Poland. And then when I was uh, 21, between 21 and 22, that was 1997, I moved to New York City, uh, wow. where my grandma was there. My father, uh, he also lived there in 1980. There was even the same apartment. Uh, so I moved there, uh, to New York city. That was the best thing that will happen in my life. Uh, I love New York city. It's, it well, just, let's,
0: like, so let's talk about that for a second. Uh, mm-hmm. two quick follow-up questions. Number one, to live in all of these different regions and cultures and cities, was that, um, was that, how do you view that? Was that really tough to kind of make new friends at each stop? Or do you see that as an advantage of, of part, you know, major you who you are? Absolutely advantage. Okay.
1: Nothing tough. I mean, there was some tough things, but you know, uh, I'm kind of person, you know, uh, it's kind of, you know, like a, I really love to meet people, you know, I really love to talk to people. I really love to, you know, like a, meet the new cultures and everything else. So basically I, it started in Western Europe, but the New York city was a kind of game changer for me. Okay. When I moved there, I actually, my mind changed like a, Totally. Uh, well, uh, that was something, that was the experience which actually set the way I'm thinking right now.
0: Okay. So let's, let's talk really quick about that because I want to get to food before we get into the heavy stuff. So you uh, said New York City is your favorite place in the world. What's one thing, just one thing you love about New York City?
1: I mean, uh, there's no other city in the world i ever been like new york city it's a kettle of everything mm. especially food restaurants you know nightlife nice. uh, i mean i was 21 you know imagine me coming 21 to brooklyn new york right and then you know going to manhattan and everywhere you know clubs restaurants uh, uh you know i was working in a restaurant you know in manhattan okay It's it, it was just you know great experience it was just unbelievable experience it's actually set the course of my life you know? wow well so- then i
0: on that note, you said that New York City, to, to your point there, it had changed how you, you viewed the world. Yes. Tell, tell me about that. What? How did that impact your worldview?
1: Uh, it seemed, it's opened my mind, basically. Uh, it's opened my eyes. You know, uh, well, I came from Poland. You know, Poland is kind of, you know, you can say conservative country. Okay. I mean, at least half of it. Uh, and, you know, the point of, uh, I mean, people were trying, you know, to put some, you know, things in my head, which I didn't, I wasn't feeling comfortable with that. I knew I was following it, but I wasn't comfortable with that. When I moved to New York city, uh, in mother of months, everything changed. My mind opened, uh, on the world on everything else. And it, it, it was just, as liberating. I said, I yep. I mean, basically, yeah, that's what you said, you know, Mm -hmm. liberate my mind, you know, let my mind go, you know.
0: (laughs) Love it. The art of the possible, it sounds like, really took some blinders off. Um, So, you you mentioned um, one of the things, many things that New York is a capital of is food, and you worked in a restaurant, as, and we share that. I worked in a restaurant, although I I was never a chef or a cook. I was a server, a bartender, uh, um, a a bus, boy. I uh, bus tables for one really tough summer in Columbia, South Carolina. Didn't make a whole bunch of money, but it taught me many things about people, and it taught me also, which is is um, one of my favorite lessons. I try to instill in my kids. We got to love on those folks. Those those are some hardworking folks that help make things happen. And um, one of my least favorite things is see people that are rude. Uh, or discourteous uh, to to our servers. So
1: tell me tell me about it. Uh, I, hate I was it. I I also was working when I w- was working in a restaurant. That was a small, basically Polish American restaurant in Manhattan on the mm, I'm not sure that was on the First Avenue and Seventh Street. It was called Teresa. Teresa uh, is closed right now, uh, and I was I was working there. I was only one guy. And that was like a, maybe 17 women's in the kitchen, you know. So you can imagine. <laughs>
0: you <laughs> learned mean, a lot,
1: right? Oh, I learned a lot. A lot I smarter mean, from oh, it. <laughs> and I started as a dishwasher, actually. Okay. In a few days, uh, actually, the owner of the restaurant, uh, Teresa, actually, that was the name in the restaurant. Was named Teresa. She's figured out that I can cook. Wow. So th- there was a, you know, there was a master chef. She was a woman, and you know, she 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 was really great, you know. But she was also, you know, very kind of like a, you know uh, strict about everything. Right. right? Let, let's put it that way. But she also <laughs> figured out that you know I can cook. You know, so.
0: <laughs> so opened
1: and, up and. and, and the other thing is, you know, the, all, all of these people, I mean, all, all of the women, you know, they they were kind of like a, kind of like a picking on me, you know, so <laughs> I basically, you know, I was, and I'm not the person, you know, to pick on, you know, right. like, a, <laughs> I'm going to fight back right away, <laughs> you know, so, but That's after, good. you know, after the kind of like a, a period of two, three weeks, right. we were all going along, you know, and, you know, I was, you know, doing dishwashing job, I was cooking, I was, you know, uh, basically like a putting food on the, and arrange on the plates and everything and then you know the, the job was so intense i remember the the, the restaurant was so busy uh, basically sometimes i was working 14 hours a day for seven days a week wow. I was coming back home i was just falling asleep waking up going there and after you know a few months i basically i said to the uh owner uh, i'm quitting i can't do it right.
0: you know anymore. burnt out burnt out that's that's something of course i think a lot of folks listening to here today whether they've worked in a restaurant or not that is a prevalent um a prevalent feeling across industry uh given the last couple of years that we've been working through um so mario i i feel like you and i could kick off maybe a new culinary podcast and have plenty of fodder based oh, on wow. your passion that would be great I, that would be cool that but, would
1: be really cool <laughs> <laughs> well
0: who knows we may just do that but in the meantime folks. Uh, uh, one of the, you know, samario Mario's got a big following across social, we all check him out what he's dropped in supply chain chow on our Facebook group for some of his yep. gorgeous dishes. Um, so one, one last question about food and then we're going to get into our trucker and, and what you're doing there. All right. What is, um, it doesn't have to be your all-time favorite dish. It could be a recent favorite, but what's one of the, one of the, your dishes that is one of your favorite ones to prepare and serve others. Great
1: question. Uh, there's actually two dishes. Well, I mean, there, there's much more, I mean, there's a <laughs> lot of dishes, but I can tell you what I love and what, um, you know, people I'm serving, you know, like, uh, my friends when I'm, you know, inviting, you know, for, uh, for a Christmas or, you know, whatever, you know, the, you know, like a dinners, right. I love steaks. Okay. I, I'm I'm crazy. I'm obsessed with the dry aged <laughs> steaks. Okay. okay. And, mm, mm, rare, Dry-aged air, age stay, steaks. So I was so obsessed from... The, there is a restaurant in New York City. It's over 100 years old. It's called Peter Luger Steakhouse. I yep. don't know if you heard about it. You heard oh, yeah. about it for sure. Okay. So Peter Luger Steakhouse. I was living basically a few streets from the Peter Luger Steakhouse when I moved to the United States, to Brooklyn, okay? When <laughs> the, when I went there first time, first of all, I had to wait in the line. Uh, the tables were empty, like a half empty, and uh, the manager was standing like this, Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I was next to the bar with my friend, and we we're waiting for the table. And I was asking, the guy, right, listen, the tables are open. And he was like, uh, uh, no, they all reserved. And he was looking at us and waiting. So I have to give him 50 bucks, okay? And he was, okay, which table you want? When I had the steak, I fall in love with that wow. steak and the sauce. It's it just unbelievable, you know? Then I started learning about, you know, dry aging process, okay? It's taking uh, anywhere from month to, you know, two, sometimes three months, you know, depends. And after a year, I was so obsessed with that. I actually developed an idea I was actually uh, reading some chemistry some uh, some other things you know and combining with my uh, recipes and I come up with the idea to dry age the single steak okay. in matter of 3 days
0: 3 days okay you're going to yes. have to
1: it you're going to have it stays uh, it tastes even uh, i want to say it tastes better than peter luger it tastes great <laughs> it's not maybe you know that you know tender right but the taste is just unbelievable you know and i can tell you that you know this is my best you know for your question you know answering your question this is the best thing what i love to do plus i love the french and italian kitchen and i'm making fusion french italian mm-hmm. and polish kitchen together i'm gonna- polish-
0: so you're gonna to have to we're gonna to have to get together and you're gonna to have to uh make prepare your uh Mario Pavlovsky version of the Peter Luger famous steak. Three days age. I love it. we're gonna to get together, to. we're gonna to make it love happen.
1: to do it. I would right. love to I, I would love to <laughs> cook for cook for people, you know. That's what brings me a joy, you know. Agreed not, for myself, I'm cooking junk food, you know. <laughs> For myself, you know, just, just to, right. you know, eat. But if it's coming to cooking for somebody, then, you know. Uh, it's got
0: to be the real deal.
1: I'm changing in my, I mean, things changing in my head. You right. Know? I love to cook for the people, you know. And even when I'm cooking for the people, I usually not eating, you know, too much.
0: <laughs> What's I so- just
1: love people to enjoy, you know. <laughs> I just love my friends and whatever, you know, who's eating it, you know. To enjoy, you know, what I feel. That's that that's bring me a joy, you know, that's bring me this feeling, you know, that people, you know, appreciate it and they like yes. it. And it's make me feel good, you know. Yes,
0: Mario, it's it, it you are exuding that passion. You know, I could always tell in our other interactions kind of across social and whatnot, that you loved it, but you it you can feel your passion for cooking. So we'll revisit that down the road a little bit. In the meantime, though, so mm-hmm. today. Uh, we want to get a lot of your expertise in POV uh, across logistics, transportation, supply chain, you name it. And I want to start with um, what you're doing at iTrucker. Uh, so tell us about iTrucker and tell us about your role there and what you do.
1: Well, uh, I'm a founder and CEO of iTrucker and my wife, of course, she's a president of iTrucker, uh, Margaret. Uh, she can, you, you see her around, yep. you know, around the social media, around me. She's also kind of, uh, you know, uh, Right now she's gaining like a uh, gaining momentum, really good, you know. Wonderful. Uh, so basically, uh, yeah, we started uh, as I mentioned before. We started uh, the idea. The Initial idea was uh, for a load board. That was in the end of two thousand sixteen, beginning of two thousand seventeen. Then, after a few months, one of my uh, friends uh, he actually gave me an idea about the ELD because the ELD was coming. Okay, and the ELD, if I uh, if I remember good, that was uh, implemented in the December. 17, 2017. It sounds something. about right. But, yep. Yeah. So basically he gave me this idea. So we actually stopped developing the loadboard project and we started developing, you know, the uh, ELD project, which right now I can tell that was one of the worst decisions I made in my life. Really? Yeah. So basically because, you know, I'm very picky, okay, I'm, uh, I can see, you know, if somebody is developing, you know, my developer is developing the websites for us, and I'm seeing the pixel, it's off, I'm basically, you know, <laughs> getting mad, you know, so okay. I know it, it's very annoying for, it, it's ADHD, you know, kind of thing, you know, it's very annoying for me you know, because it's sometimes taking time to, you know, uh, and, you know, people don't see it. I see it, you know, right. and which is, which is, you know, which is kind of annoying. You see it's kind of uh, slowing down the progress of development, but you, you're it, it's making my things, fault. it's my right. fault,
0: uh, but you're making things better though. And, and, and it, it takes at the end. Yes.
1: Yes. Yeah. At the end. But anyway, so basically a tracker was that. And then, you know, when we started developing the ELD, At one point, uh, because, you know, ELD is a software connected to the hardware. Hardware is connected to the OBD port in the uh, track or whatever vehicle, you know, is using ELD. So basically, uh, there was an issue at the end with connecting the software with the hardware. We had the hardware from a company from Michigan, and basically the hardware, you know, looks good. We went to a show, to the um, God Show uh, in Dallas in 2017. We met the people there from Michigan, and they basically, uh, they gave us, uh, you know, the hardware. But my uh, ex-partners, developers, they couldn't connect it, you know, really the software. So you weren't happy
0: with how the technology product ended up playing out? No, no. So basically. But then you pivoted, right? no
1: basically uh at one point i actually uh actually i i suspend the project because you know i wasn't happy and i didn't want to you know I, I mean the project product was working everything was working but it wasn't working properly so basically in my mind if i want to sell something to you know to, to the people to the my uh customers okay uh if the product is not right, I don't want to sell it because, you know, it's, it's pointless, you know, to get uh, a bad feedback and then, you know, make uh you know, trouble for the people. So basically I suspend the project because of that, you know, okay. because I wasn't happy with the outcome. Well, so,
0: so let's talk about a trucker and its current in, um, incarnation. What is it? So what, what do y'all do t- today? Okay. So, well, uh, we, put,
1: after that, we put it, uh, we basically suspend the whole light practice project, but, at one point we realized we start getting you know lots of uh followers on social right. media. Okay. When we realized that, we opened a group, okay, which is called trackers of past, present and future. Yep. Which right now we have uh, about 105,000 members. Wow. That's on uh,
0: Facebook. And is it in other places beyond Facebook or it's Facebook? That? No, it's Facebook. Facebook. It's
1: Facebook. It, it, it's a group. It's not a page. You know, gotcha. there's a difference between, you know, page, like a business page. Like yep. we have an art tracker page. We have about, uh, I don't know, 90 something thousand followers. Yep. And uh, the group is a different thing. Group, it's more engaging. Well, right. basically all the members can pause the things. You know, there is different members posting different things. You know, it's 24 hour job because we have to, you know, manage the group. So Facebook is managing us. We have to manage the group. So, you know, you know, you know, tracking industry, you know, trackers, right. right they right. do not, you know, really like a uh, uh, thinking when they, you know, using the word uh, about the wording, you know what I mean? <laughs> so Facebook is very strict about it. They gotcha. try. I mean, Facebook algorithms, AI, right. Artificial so you got so you... intelligence powered algorithms, which, it's kind of funny because this AI powered algorithm, they're not working properly because they basically deleting, you know, or suspending members for us without our knowledge, because they're using words and they basically uh this algorithm, they taking this word are out of the context, you know, usually so and All the members, they actually writing to us and they pissed about like, Hey, why I'm suspended? And I have to explain, we didn't suspend you. Facebook suspended you. They say, no, you work with Facebook. (laughs) And we're like, no, we don't.
0: (laughs) So active moderation, clearly a group that big. Um, I can appreciate how big of a job that is, but I love how you're engaging uh, that demographic, that very important demographic uh, that helps make global business and certainly global supply chain happen. Um, so y'all check out iTrucker, the group on Facebook. And of course, well,
1: actually, it's a iTracker is a page. Oh, that's right. That's right. iTracker is a iTracker. Is, we have a website, uh, which is, you know, iTracker. We uh, there is a news and uh, we actually preparing a few other things. And uh, and the there is uh, a group which is called uh, Trackers of Past, Present
0: and Future. That's right. Uh, my, my apologies. I got that wrong. Y'all check that out. Uh, it, it, I love the imagery that comes out of that. I joined not too long ago, and and to see some of the beautiful machines, the artistic machines, and then and then some of the uh, other banner takes place is pretty cool. Um, so let's I, I want to move Mario uh, into um, some of your take on what we're seeing across uh, currently across global supply chain. Kind of hot topics, or maybe not so hot, uh, but they're intriguing to say the least. So I want to start with last mile delivery. Because if anything's really gotten uh, a lot more challenging, and, and, you know, that was getting challenging before the pandemic. The pandemic just has continued to make it more challenging. Tell us about what's going on there and and some of your thoughts there with last mile delivery.
1: Last mile delivery is, uh, you know, kind of, you know, part of the supply chain, you know. Supply chain is uh, only in the United States, I believe it's uh, 8% of the GDP, which is trillions. Okay, it, it, it's huge. Okay. Right. Last mile delivery is, is, of course, you know, it's mean what it's mean. It's last mile delivery, which means like Amazon or, uh, you know, FedEx, whatever, you know, who's delivering. So basically, uh, what I'm thinking right now, uh, well, I mean, it's a huge issue because, you know, with the backlogs of the, you know, of the by the ports, you know, all the, you know, the uh, cargo ships, you know, waiting to be unloaded and all the things. So it's like a domino effect, basically. Right. So you know, domino effects. When you you know, you just kick one you know piece of the (laughs) domino, everything is going like this, you know. And that's what it is. And it's going from the beginning, from the shipper through the port uh, to the tracking company, and then to the last mile delivery. Okay. So, uh, in my opinion, the drones are the future of last Mm. mile delivery, especially the lightweight. Lightweight, last mile, delivery, which means small items, you know. There are, you know, a bunch of uh, drones, a uh, bunch of companies, they developing different drones, like, you know, Wing Winkopter. Winkopter is one of, you know, they, I believe they work with UPS and uh, uh, I don't know with who else, with Walgreens for sure. Right, right they are delivering, you know, like a uh, vaccines or, you know, or uh which is great, you know, like a uh, uh, medication for the disabled people, you know, right. imagine, imagine that, you know, if it's somebody gonna... is disabled, you know, right. and the drone can bring you the life-saving medicine, like, you know, right. like uh, for diabetes, I'm diabetic type two, mm. I, I don't have to take insulin. I have, I'm taking the medicine. I have to, you know, uh, be a good boy from time to time, it's hard, <laughs> hard, to, it's hard to be a good boy. from uh, time
0: I understand <laughs> Well, hey, on so drones. I know is one of your favorite things, favorite uh, developments really? across industry. And to your point, though, it is going to help us uncover so much more capacity in this last mile and get around some of the challenges and constraints there. What what's if you if you think about what you've seen lately from drones? You were describing some of the UPS Walgreens, Walgreens and Walgreens and some of the healthcare applications, but what else when it comes to drones? What else have you seen recently that's cool? And give us a, a bold prediction when it comes to drones for next year. I'm a,
1: I'm a firm believer in drones. You know, I I, I really love it. Uh, I actually, uh, I I just uh, we just opening a blog which is called Last Mile Air, and uh, it's gonna be all about the uh, you know the last mile uh, yep. uh, lightweight you know delivery. So basically, my prediction about drones is it's gonna grow like a Unbelievably, the few things, you know, we have to, uh, you know, uh, think about it's, uh, first of all, uh, you know, delivery in the urban areas, like a very dense urban areas. Let's say, for example, New York city, right? Imagine, you know, New York city and imagine the bunch of drone buzzing, you know, between the buildings. Right. All right. And every drone right now, right now, every drone have a pilot, which is uh personal like me and you behind the computer, you know, and you're looking at the computer screen and you see the drone, there is a camera at the drone and you basically navigate this drone. So for the massive drone delivery, let's say, we would need to use artificial intelligence because, you know, imagine in the New York City, hundreds of drones between the buildings, they're going to crash, they're going to drop down, they can kill the people. Human cannot do it. Right. It's, it's it's impossible. It's not like you know, uh, uh, basically managing you know the airplanes on the airport because they big. Okay, there is not so many of them. There the you know the space where the airplanes you know I mean is is, is huge, but the drone is gonna be in the very, you know, dense areas. Right. So basically without artificial intelligence and automation of navigating these drones, there is going to be not really possible to do it on the massive scale. That's my take on it. Mm. Unless it's going to be on the remote areas. okay? Remote areas are easy. There is no obstacles. Even if these drones are getting more advanced every basically week they have, uh, they, they can, you know, navigate autonomously. They can right. avoid, you know, obstacles and everything. This is fine, but still in the, for the, like, a uh, massive implementation of the drones and drone delivery without artificial intelligence is not going to be possible. That's my tip.
0: Okay. That is, um, so much more there. We're gonna to have to. I got some other things I want, to, I want to chat with you about. So for the sake of time, I'm gonna keep moving. Uh, I, I love the, pit, the the future that you're painting, and I, I generally agree with you. Um, you know, how can we how can we open up automation for that uh, last mile air? I love that. So check out your blog article um, and create more capacity, get around some of these constraints, and 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 serve people better while keeping everything safe and operations safe. So it's gonna be that's gonna be quite a challenge moving ahead. Okay, so beyond how exciting things and developments are taking place in the drone arena and I love your your bold and fearless prediction about what's to come next year and beyond, let's talk about blockchain for a minute because that is equally as exciting. It's transforming many aspects of global business and so much more to come. I love seeing the really practical uh, applications that we've seen. It seems like there's the, the drum beats getting bigger and louder, which is a good thing. But what's one of your favorite applications? Uh, Mario, when it comes to blockchain, and follow-up question: Are we still just scratching the surface with the technology?
1: Absolutely, I can tell you the I can answer the second question: We're scratching the surface.
0: <laughs> okay, that's but, the easy one, huh? Well, so yeah, what? we're
1: scratching the surface because you know uh, we. I'm all into blockchain also because blockchain is it, 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 it's basically maybe not equally to artificial intelligence but it's like inventing another wheel. Mm. So, uh, my favorite blockchain application? Wow, that's a question you know hard to answer uh, <laughs> for me because there's so many of it like for for example, uh, well, besides the crypto, of course,
0: <laughs> right?
1: Besides the crypto, NFTs, metaverse, okay? everything else is going to be connected with the blockchain without the blockchain uh it's almost impossible you know i mean it would be almost impossible you know to do some business in the next i don't know how many let's say few one decade i'm not sure exactly i don't want to you know make the prediction because i'm not on the you know position to really you know make this prediction i can you know i can tell you my point of view so basically i love the blockchain because the blockchain can be used in the supply chain this is actually great because look at this what's going on right now with the backlog and uh uh with the you know the ships floating uh of the coast of california all the everything you know is there so basically uh even you know uh, i saw this joke you know (laughs) on my group uh, that uh, the winter is in the container floating off the coast of California. that's why we right. didn't have a winter
0: yet. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. I am lo- steal that one from you.. Uh, Mario. <laughs> but, so but I think that's, a, that's that's a fascinating take. you're you're not you know I know you don't want to make a bold predict- uh, a prediction on this, but but what you're suggesting is that not too many years down the road, you know, if you don't know if if you don't have blockchain technology baked into how you do business and conduct transactions, you may be out in the cold. Uh, upon slightly intended, right?
1: Absolutely. I was saying that uh, when I was uh, in 2018, I believe I was uh, invited to the uh, to the uh, panel uh, from the Freightwaves from Craig Fuller. Um, oh yeah, for sure. Oh yeah. Uh, there is even article, uh, and that was my first panel. I was actually in you know, the first time, uh, you know, like uh, on the stage with the audience in my life. I was <laughs> I was terrified, and I was with the really big brains, you know, next to me, right. and I was like, oh my god! So, but I was saying since then, if the tracking industry, supply chain industry, not gonna start implementing the technology into their business they're going to be out of business mm-hmm. right now i can say the same thing about the blockchain connected with artificial intelligence but we're talking about the blockchain so i'm predicting that the blockchain will going to take over everything because the blockchain it's really really it, this technology is basically look at the crypto imagine you know uh imagine the you know contracts you know smart contracts uh, because that's Basically, that's what it's called. Smart contracts between shipper, carrier, and, you know, between them. So basically, if they use the blockchain, because the problem is everybody has to agree to work on certain blockchain, okay? And let's say if the shipper, carrier, and, you know, uh, shipper, broker, and carrier, you know, which is usually that way. Shipper, broker, and carrier, they will use the blockchain. There is uh, basically... Uh, because th- you, you know about the issue when the brokers, you know, trying to cheat the carriers, uh, shippers trying, you know, to change some things, you know, and the, uh, like a payments with the brokers. And it's, it's, it's basically, you know, ending up that the truck drivers or owners, operators or companies, you know, gearing uh, usually, uh, you know, uh, at the end, they use they use the suffering right. with the blockchain. That wouldn't be possible right. because when they agree to the deal, when they build a block on the blockchain, there is no way to change it without everybody noticing this. Right? That's how the blockchain works. So in the supply chain industry, it's it's uh, for me, it's it's basically perfect solution.
0: Mm. Okay. So uh, let's see here. We've covered. Uh, drones. We've covered uh, certainly last small delivery. We, we've now covered blockchain. I want to get to one of, I know your favorite topics and, and certainly one of our favorite topics, a topic and um, driven by people that are oftentimes don't really all the time, don't get enough recognition. Let's talk about the trucking industry and, and truck drivers. So I want to ask you, Mario, um, what do you believe is uh, the top one or two challenges facing the trucking industry?
1: well okay so i'm very i'm very we are very close to trackers you know i'm very close like i said you know the group the page uh i have many friends which are you know real like i you know back to the bone trackers for the last 30 40 years we know many of them we're going to the shows uh we're meeting all of them and on the group um engaging i'm talking to them every day you know like uh every day all the time me my wife margaret so when we're running the group so uh they have many you know issues the most challenging issue right now uh what they worry about is autonomous truck okay so basically driverless you know trucks they really worry they're gonna lose their jobs and they you know because you know, the tracking in the United States is a bit different than all over the world. Right. Tracking in the United States is not just the tracking, it's the way of life. It's how they're living, how they're feeling. The whole families are attached to that. You know, mm. it's 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 for them is the biggest uh like challenge, you know, and the, the biggest worry is autonomous tracking, and that's what they're talking about, you know. Okay. Besides all the uh, government and DOT over over uh, kind of like
0: you know over over regulation maybe over
1: regulate which is crazy which is you know regulation over regulation it's like a taco with the burrito inside (laughs) the taco and the pizza and with the cherry (laughs) on the top.
0: (laughs) I love the culinary visual. So let me ask you this, Um, and I'm not trying to be devil's advocate. Uh, We hear a lot of takes here at supply chain now, and, and I'll be the first to tell you. You know, I've never driven a truck. Uh, I'm not a trucking expert. We, we've uh, interviewed several, which we we love those stories because they're not they just don't get enough attention appreciation. But you know, automo- automation certainly the march and uh, march is right on. Um, do you believe that um, we're going to be able to rebuild the the trucking population, the folks that are willing to uh, drive a truck for a living, um, or do you do you believe eventually automation will replace some of the trucking routes and and those that still want to drive a truck maybe maybe the nature of the position will evolve a bit what 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 when you when you look at what's to come where do you see us going well i'm
1: i mean i have this idea for a long time so okay. basically because obviously you know we are in the technology you know uh business and uh i mean not exactly in the business but you know uh, basically you know talking about it all the time on the social media sure. you're a big advocate
0: for the trucking industry right you're you're an, an expert and and you got your finger I'm on not the pulse an expert sure. come on no
1: <laughs> i'm not an expert um i know some things let's okay. put it that way okay sure uh, and i'm also you know me and my wife in the technology you know uh on the twitter which is you know we we we're talking about the you know, everything, you know, from autonomous vehicles, artificial intelligence, which is all all interconnected because, you know, the uh, uh, autonomous vehicles are going to be driven by artificial intelligence anyway. So basically uh, about the tracking, what I'm seeing, okay, so it's not bad, but it's not also uh, that good for uh, trackers, especially for the old school trackers, okay? Mm. But you have to look on this, from this point of view, okay? Uh, when we were younger, there were certain things we liked, okay? And these things are gone already. And we have to adapt to the new right. world. And every generation have to adapt to something new. And every generation going to be uh, saying, oh, the old times were, were much better. <laughs> Remember that? <laughs> yeah. Right. Now look at this, these kids with the, you know, iPhones, you know? I'm spending, my iPhone Remind me yesterday, you know, my iPhone reminds me that I spent 12 hours a day, which is crazy, which when I find out yesterday, I was like, oh, Ma- Mario, you have to talk to yourself <laughs> about it. You know. So anyway, coming back to the autonomous, uh, I'm sorry, to the tracking and, uh, you know, uh, autonomous tracking. So, you you know, there's five levels of autonomy, All right, We right now between level, uh, uh, let's say about level three, okay, uh, which is uh, absolutely not fully autonomous. So what I'm seeing, in about next decade, 10 years, uh, we're gonna go to maybe uh level four autonomy, which is still gonna require you know the track driver, even if we're gonna go to the full autonomy, let's say in 10, 15 years, whatever. Because uh, the the okay, the technology is here, right? But uh we have to look at the uh not only technology even elon musk says that autonomous technology is 98 point something percent uh here right but the last you know point something percent is most important it's massive. so let me explain you that way if you building a house it's kind of easy to build a house the most challenging thing is the insights you know how you're finishing the insights okay it's taking more most time it's Most challenging, same with the autonomous, you know, tracking and everything else, you know, connected to that. But what I'm seeing, I'm seeing this on the bright side, which uh, I'm sure the old school trackers wouldn't agree with me, but I'm seeing, uh, because, you know, old school trackers, every basically over the road OTR tracker is always complaining about the most thing they complaining is because they cannot see the families, they Mm. over the road for weeks, months okay so my idea when they complaining about that imagine that next 10 years owning autonomous trucks as an owner operator right one truck okay you're sending this truck over the road you're staying with the family you're making money maybe you're gonna make less more i don't know i'm not sure how much it's gonna be and if you want it you can go if you want to go on the trip just jumping into yeah. autonomous track, or you can even take your family, you know, for the track and still make money. So I'm seeing this that way. And as I said, you know, I I'm sure that the old school trackers, you know, wouldn't agree. They would say probably something like this: you know, we we like smell of diesel and we like to be over the road. And I understand but, them. I understand right. them. Completely. There's lots of passion,
0: lots of positions. It's a passion.
1: Right. It's a, as I said, it's a way of life. Right. I really love them for that, but if Again, the world's changing. That's what you said. Right. If they do not going to adapt, they're going to be out of business. Impair. Okay. And, and, and there's nothing they really can do, you know, like about it. It's 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 basically evolution of humanity right. and business.
0: That's it. right. Right. Well, and, and uh, on top of what you're describing, you know, um, with industry and supply chain, global business, you know, there's constraints that have been here for quite some time they're going to find a way to address it regardless of whatever profession whatever sector and and you know and, and generally speaking you know for consumers that's a good thing uh and for industry that's a good thing so I love your idea I love your idea that for truckers that want to stay in and embrace automation and still still have that profession it just it just has evolved a bit they can they can make money and and have a living a different way. I think that's a, a really cool vision. We'll have to um, we'll have to reconnect in about ten years and see where things stand. And when it comes to the trucking let's industry, see.
1: let's see. So let's see. If my <laughs> prediction is gonna, you know, I, um...
0: I think it's. I think I, I I agree with you, Mario. And I think it's just about inevitable. Um, the, the to your point, a lot of the technology is already here. It's those last couple of percentage points that are that are most critical. That's going to ensure the success, the efficiency, the accuracy, the safety, and and productivity, safety Safety. is big.
1: That's, that's, you know, even right now, you know, like, uh, even in our cars, we're driving, you know, last few years, you know, uh, we used to, me and Margaret, we used to uh, own uh, a limo and, uh, you know, a black car company in Chicago before, before Uber took over and basically kicked us out from the business. (laughs) But we used to own, and I remember I got in 2015. We got like a four cars. One of the cars was a Cadillac Escalade, right? Uh, ESV, which is longer version that was over like a you know, hundred thousand dollars. I don't remember, but that was like, a, oh my god, that was like a beautiful, beautiful car. <laughs> it had everything, you know, like a, when you basically, when you was changing the line without the you know, without the um, how we call it the oh my god. English
0: is my second language. Uh, I'm still, hey, uh, if I could talk a second language as well as you talk English, I mean, gosh, I should, I should have stuck with Spanish way back in the day, Mario, because you know it's important to be bilingual. So you're inspiring me. To, to pick up another language
1: it's great to start with language i, I, I i'm i speaking in three languages I'm speaking in polish Dang. english and russian i'm re- reading and writing in <laughs> you know in all of these languages i have some partners in ukraine they uh i also speak some ukrainian so uh, ukrainian is different than russian i
0: don't know how you know. do it well so so um let's talk i want to let you finish your thought you were talking about a limo company y'all used to uh, own and operate up well, in chicago what's that final thought there
1: well basically you look know, I was talking, I'm sorry, I was talking about the, you know, like uh, the technology in the cars, you know, so basically you, you those in 2015, that was brand new cars and they already had the, uh, the cars already had the technology, you know, when you was changing the line, it was notifying you if you was changing the line or going, you know, like a little bit, you know, off the road or something. It was basically, you know, uh, braking right. without pushing the brake. Right. If it was detection of possible collision. Right. So that was in 2015.
0: But the driver couldn't, couldn't just ignore all of that. I think is one of the points you're making. It's like, it's like the commercials these days for the latest trucks with, with, with some of the, uh, automated cruise control. You don't see them like after they set it, jumping in the back, making a sandwich. You no, no, kind of no, not their- yet.
1: Absolutely no. Right. I mean, there is like a let's say YMO for, for for example, right? right. Uh, they have like they one of the you know like a greatest or too simple, you know. They,
0: they,
1: name it, you know, the companies. Right. Uh, they already, I mentioned that before. The technology is here, but uh, it's not only about technology. It's about right. the infrastructure. It's about you know the laws, about the insurance laws. You know, it, it, it's not there yet. So, you know. With the technology, it's like I kind of have a raw diamond. You have right. to, you know, you have to polish this, you know, to make it, you know, like a nice, you know. So that's what it is, yep. basically. That's what I'm thinking. So we're still sometimes away because there's going to be much of obstacles, including infrastructure and yep. uh, people actually gearing into it. Right. Uh, still, still, a,
0: still a little bit. A bridge too far. We got some more work to do to make it widely have, adopted and uh, utilized. So, Mario, one last thing before we uh, make sure folks know how to connect with you. I want to pick your brain on the metaverse. It is fascinating. Uh, here lately, you got you got real estate runs on a metaverse. You've got all these different applications. It the is central. unbelievable. Yeah. So tell us how do you see the uh, first, if you could. In your terms, what is a metaverse? And also, how do you see global supply chain leveraging it?
1: Wow. That's, that's a great <laughs> question. I, I mean, I don't know where to start. I will start that uh, uh, with that, okay? So we basically, uh, we have a secret startup we're developing, which is okay. actually a metaverse startup, okay? So uh, it's called Avataverse, okay? And uh, basically, <sighs> metaverse, it's internet, Zero point four. Mm. That's how I see it. Okay? okay. And what I'm thinking, everything will meet in metaverse at one point. And I'm not talking about the meta, you know, about the Facebook. Okay. Because you know they in trouble. They you know they just trying to change things. You know mm. they basically in deep deep trouble. <laughs> there is companies which started before even Facebook. You know, right. Nvidia uh microsoft is already you know doing this there's uh the central angle, like you mentioned <laughs> companies buying land which doesn't really exist it exists only in the metaverse for millions of dollars in last about i'm not sure you know uh don't quote me on that on that but i believe in last month or two uh companies spent more than 100 million dollars on the non-existing uh land which is only existing in the metaverse okay? unbelievable
0: it really is
1: and they're gonna be developing we're also developing something we also got piece of land too and you know the company uh, the the central land is kind of leading thing which is you know um mm, is kind of cool thing so basically what's the metaverse is everything is gonna meet there including the supply chain uh, uh, future of war Right, we're gonna be working. The right now, I have the Oculus Two Quest, right? Uh, The you know the headset. Okay, it's great, it's cool, but it's it's very uncomfortable. You know, it's very uncomfortable. So basically, you know the the when the technology is gonna get better, the glass is gonna be smaller. So you know, it's gonna be connected with the augmented reality. Virtual reality, right. extended reality is going to meet all in Metaverse. So basically, you're going to have sunglasses. You're going immersive, to like a
0: sunglasses. immersive technology is, is where we're headed, it sounds like to me.
1: Yep. Uh, when you, you're going to be just walking, you know, on the street, you're going to walk into the mall and you will see all the things, you know, augmented and, you know, names, even name of, for example, you're going to be walking by the tree. You will see the, if you wanted the name of the tree, you know, like a, what the tree is, or you will see the uh, restaurant, when you're going to be passing the restaurant, you will see the menu, you know, and the you know, like a, on the right side of your eye or something. This is augmented reality. But if you sit down on the bench and you're gonna go all in into metaverse, then you won't see the walls around. You know. But if somebody gonna walk to you and tell you, "Hey, uh, Scott," and you know everything is gonna be disconnected, you will see the guy. You know. So basically, metaverse for me it's a future. Okay. It's a future for everything. We all gonna meet at the in the metaverse. Imagine <laughs> this. Imagine. Imagine this for the, again, you know, I want to bring the disabled people because, you know, I'm really, really like, you know, I'm about the environment and, you know, Mm. people who cannot move or do, Mm. all people. Imagine how this can help disabled or all people who are living alone.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: This is something, you know, which can change their lives from being just alone in the house and they cannot move and just watch, you know, the TV and whatever TV is saying to being in the different world meeting the friends who's also disabled in the right. other part of the world. Mm,
0: mm. Imagine so, that. It, so you're seeing it's going it's to be an inclusive technology. It's going to be a game-changing technology with yep. lots of practical applications to uh, uh, retail applications, to experiential applications, you name it, uh, including... Uh, clearly uh, a real estate market perhaps an unlimited real estate market i don't know uh, I, well, i've got l- a lot more let me to learn tell you about the metaverse.
1: Something, something else about the real estate market you know that you know it's going to be also you know the blockchain is big part of the uh, metaverse so uh, this real estate market is actually all built on blockchain that's why you know people paying so much money and uh the blockchain is you know, connected with the NFTs. You know what the NFT is, right? So uh, my uh, uh, my stepson, uh, my wife's uh, son. Uh, he's. Uh, I give you an example. He's. He just turned 70. About three weeks ago. Right. He made in a matter of one minute, 120,000, 123,000 exactly dollars. Wow. I don't know how many rooms, He sold the NFT, which was a uh, basically pumpkin with the like a vampire, that, that basically that was just a picture of this. He actually won the lottery. You know, Uh he engaged, uh, he he was involved in lottery. He had to pay it like a fifteen hundred dollars, and basically one of the NFT uh creator was sending to some people. actually, he received it in his crypto wallet, and he sent it next second for one hundred twenty-three thousand dollars.
0: Unbelievable.
1: He made, he made basically. One hundred twenty one thousand and five hundred dollars in a mother of second.
0: Wow. OK, we're going to have to we'll, we'll have to talk about that story next time. Take a deep dive. Uh, I right. love uh, the, the uh, entrepreneurial play there, evidently. Uh, and sounds like um, sounds like he might be a chip off the old block. But Mario, uh, I really enjoyed it. This has kind of been like a Baskin Robbins episode. We've talked about so many different things uh, impacting not just supply chain, but global business. Um, we're talking about food. We'll have to talk more about that next time you come with us. For sure. but how can folks connect with you and our trucker? What, what, where's, um, you know, you got a new blog, you got new businesses, you got the, the massive Facebook groups. How can folks connect with you?
1: Well, the best way to connect with, with us is, uh, you know, on Twitter, uh, which is, uh, uh, my handle is, uh, Pavlovsky Mario. Uh, my wife's handle is Margaret Sh- Sh- Shaggin, uh, Shigin. Okay, and they connect with us, you know, on the iTracker and page. It's a Facebook page, and iTracker. Uh, I'm sorry, and the Facebook uh, group which is called Trackers of Past, Present, and Future. Plus, of course, Last Mile Air, which is a drone delivery business. We are just starting this, and our newest venture is a uh, Avatarverse, which is a uh, metaverse.
0: I love it, man. You got so much going on. I look forward to reconnecting with you soon. I'll be, I'll be looking. We're gonna connect. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get that three day aged dry steak uh, made by Chef Mario coming up soon. We'll, we'll meet anytime. I would
1: love to come to a plant and cook for you just to do that. <laughs>
0: Let's Just to it. do
1: that because for me, for me, it's uh, the biggest pleasure. Mm. The biggest pleasure I have is. I told you, I, 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 for myself, I'm cooking quick. You know, right. <laughs> right? I'm with for you. People, I love them Entertain. to enjoy my. I I love them to enjoy. When they enjoy it, I feel so good. I'm going to sleep like people enjoy it and they (laughs) like it. And I feel good. And it's actually made my mind, you know, to work, to make it even better.
0: Okay. Well, you know, I I see a restaurant in your future soon uh, based on the passion and and your expertise there. But we have to leave it for there for now. I've been chatting with uh, Mario uh, Pavlovsky, CEO of iTrucker. And it's been fascinating to spend some time with you, Mario. Uh, I look forward to reconnecting great. with you soon. It was great
1: to talk to you, Scott. And thank you for inviting me. And I really uh, I hope we can you know, reconnect soon. And let's keep in touch you know, on social media like we always do. And we'll do thank you very much. And I'll talk to you soon. Please. You bet. Uh,
0: so le- so on that day. Note, yes, hey, uh, happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year to you, Mario. Merry Christmas. Hey,
1: to,
0: you. to our listeners, hopefully you've gotten. Uh, as much joy out of this conversation with Mario as I have. I'll tell you, uh, it feels like if we hook up Mario to uh, the power grid, we can power cities for months at a time. He's got a lot of passion, energy, and expertise. Love what he does. Hey, make sure you connect with him and follow him. Uh, at, at uh, We're going to make it easy. We're going to put links to those groups, those pages in the show notes, so you're one click away. In the meantime, hey, if you enjoy conversations like this, be sure to check us out at Supply Chain Now, wherever you get your podcast from. Or at supplychainnow.com. Most importantly, folks, hey, supply do good. chain rocks. That's right. supply chain rocks. That's right. Hey, challenge Scott Luton here, challenge you to do the most important, take the most important steps um, uh, that there are. Do good, give forward, be the change that's needed. Be just like Mario here. And on that note, we we'll see you next time right back here on Supply Chain Now. Thanks, everybody. Right. Thank you. Thanks for being a part of our Supply Chain Now community.